Welcome to the August 13th, Friday the 13th episode of Den Excelsior, the mostly Marvel podcast, as you probably gathered from the name. Discussing the latest happenings across all media in Marvel is what we do, uh, but we've also been known to stray off topic from time to time. Basically, if it's super powered, it's fair game. My name is Dennis, and this is my preferred way to spend a Friday night in, a, in year two of a pandemic. I don't know about you guys. Uh, with me, as always, I have a distinguished pa nerd panel. Uh, I'm going to start introducing them right now so they can get out here and, and start cracking wise and everything. Uh, first up, he's my favorite person to misinterpret tone in Slack Jacks. It's uh, Frank. Yo, yo. We had a lot of tone issues today, tonal issues. I wouldn't say just today. It's just in general. Yeah, I'm going to say it's a it's a new it's a brand new thing actually. Yeah. Um, well, we got to wrap this up though because I got a jalapeno cheesecake in my fridge that I want to eat. So uh, <laughs> oh, so we got to wrap this up yeah, right let's now. Wrap this up early. All right, we're going to end this show a little early, guys. It was it was fun chatting we're with good, everybody. We're good. We're good. Um, <laughs> uh, no, next up, uh, he's got a new computer, ladies and gentlemen. What could go wrong? Nothing. It's Ricky. <laughs> he never waits for me to say his name I never. anymore. I have too he's, too much control. He has too much power. Yeah, it's Friday the thirteenth. You ever gotten a Friday the thirteenth tattoo, Frank? I wanted one actually. There was a Jason one that I wanted to get on my fingers, but I didn't want to look like I was like a, a crazy like witch lady or something. There's a Venn diagram <laughs> of like crazy people and people with Jason tattoos. So I don't know if I would get that. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Well. That was a great segue to introduce our 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 special. Oh God! Guest. I hope he doesn't have any Jason. <laughs> oh no! He's got finger Jason tattoos all over. Uh, no, uh, so we have a special guest. Uh, he's a former colleague of mine. We were just chatting about that uh, a few minutes ago, um, and I feel like I actually, even though I used to work with him back in the day, I feel like I probably talk to him more now, uh, just because of nerd fights that we have on social media so often. Uh, he's one of the biggest Captain America fans that I know. It's Greg Phillips. Hello. Hello. Was that a fa was that a fairly accurate assessment? You know, I'd say <laughs> yes, it is. Oh, that's that's that legit one, right? That's like the, yep. the that's the eightieth or seventy fifth anniversary one, right? Uh, I don't remember. I got it. Let's see when. What's the year on it? Two thousand eight. Like Ooh, comes with a whole mounting thing, goes on the arm, like and it's it's solid vibranium, right? I wish doesn't quite bounce off the walls like you'd expect. I mean, two hundred bucks only gets you so far these days. Yeah. How many tell that to to a home intruder? Yeah, <laughs> true. How many terrorists have you killed with it? Uh, not yet, and yeah. not the no. uh, John Walker Captain America oh. here. Oh, you know, this is more the the prim and proper. You're the not prim and proper, but yes. <laughs> To be fair, that Captain America has probably killed a few terrorists too. True, and the MCU version has gotten a few killed. Has he? Like he kill grenades and he'll shoot them. I would say disabled. He kills you with medical bills. Yeah, that's what he does. <laughs> he does kill you with medical bills. That is pretty accurate. Uh, well, I was also asking: is is that accurate that you and I probably talk more now than we did back in the day? So mostly, yes. I'd say we, we worked together on a couple projects, and on that, we were probably talking daily on those when we were hitting yeah. certain strides. That's But fair. since after that, outside of those, we didn't talk a whole lot at Sony other than like key events and such, like we happen to be all getting together or for whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then since then, yes, we'll pop up on Travis's or one of our feeds and just start firing off. Arguing. 
Uh, well, I like I like the frequency at which at which we receive, uh, you know, nerd media nowadays because it allows it. It's definitely helped us get through a year and a half of. Is this a year and a half? Or are we we're about a year and a half into a pandemic, right? March depends March on when you. Yeah. yeah, depends on when you started tracking, and if you tracked it in yeah. end of February, March, yeah, we're at the year and a half, or yeah. pretty close to the year yeah. and a half. By tracking, I mean when people started having to stay home. <laughs> I mean, like late February, early March was yeah. part of it. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's been it's been a godsend for for me just to have like nerdy things to talk about to distract myself with. So I appreciate all the times uh, we're we're kind of coming up on the wells. I don't, I don't say it's drying, but like right after this year, a lot because all the shit that's kind of come out was was shot before or right at the beginning of covid they've still been shooting more they've shooting been more, shooting a lot more like the, they've, the, they've well actually, the, the well is dry good. gentlemen let's let's wrap it up i got a cheesecake yeah. to eat <laughs> yeah, yeah, a cheesecake but no like they've got all the netflix shows they've got you know marvel's had strange spidey those all hit next year um you have i think flash you have hitting next year you have what other tentative stuff? boys well i mean wait ricky are you saying this as in you you know something that we don't that these that these movies are not going to release anymore ricky's gonna... threatened, he's threatened several studios <laughs> he's got a pro- real problem with that i will leak sensitive emails to the studios <laughs> you don't no. leak them to the studios you leak them from the studios that's, that's no, but like... he keeps getting it wrong he keeps leaking <laughs> Yeah. The, the publicities well at least i like, not trying to get give free endorsements i feel like week. everyone's still trying to figure out like the do i release on vod do i try a movie theater thing yeah but both at the end of the day like the the whole the whole thing is they have a product that they want to deliver and they want to make as much money as they can on that and so yeah that product is is uh is endless right now like it's not there's too much of it in front of us so like you know when it comes out that's a question you know but like will it come out it's gonna come out so but i do have a question for greg because uh we try to ask this question anytime we have a new uh a new guest on our show uh and thank you so much for being on the show uh but i want to know and i know this kind of you kind of already uh answered it a little bit just with the shield that you showed off but uh what does marvel mean to you I'm getting massive um, interference. Is it the shield? <laughs> Does the shield block five? Okay, now it's behaving. The vaccine is... might block five G's. I wasn't going to go near those jokes. <laughs> um, yeah, it's... That's, R- Ricky does mm. low hanging fruit. Don't worry about it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, fair enough. Did you did you hear my question? By the way. I did not. It it was like staticky oh. for the last minute. Oh, uh, I wanted to know what does Marvel mean to you? Ooh, okay. Marvel mean to me. Um, so I probably got my first comics around the time like X Men two seventy five when Claremont was still on, and Marvel was like one of those things was like a gateway and escape. I wasn't the biggest comic person. I would say when I was young, young, just there wasn't as much. There wasn't the breadth of stuff that there is now. There wasn't you know, a bunch of different shows on in every network. There wasn't a, a wide swath of animation. There was Spidey and his amazing friends and maybe the X-Men cartoon. And so it was just a gateway into a whole new type of storytelling, whole new type of sets of worlds. 
Um, and, you know, the Marvel characters I've always found to be more relatable. Like there's always little bits and pieces of each of them you can kind of pull out and kind of like, okay, I relate to that. Um, whereas DC has always been more of the archetypes of the world or archetypes of superhero. Um, these are more relatable characters. Peter Parker, the ultimate relatable character for a lot of people. And then Miles is relatable for a lot of the others. And there's multiple Spider-Mans that kind of hit that. You have the X-Men that's like kind of always playing along sort of like the race allegory in America and everything, like how people are hated and feared and that. And so you get into this thing that a lot of people can really relate to, you know, Cap kind of his um, kind of obligation to country and also obligation to self, like to not let, not go over any of these lines. And you can go down the list of the characters and all of them being that, being relatable and kind of doing these extraordinary things made that just a little bit more special. That's why I had him on the show guys. Right there. <laughs> uh, Frank, do you have any follow-up questions for him on that? Follow-up questions. What's your favorite Spider-Man and why? It can't be Peter yeah. Parker. Besides Peter Parker, what's your favorite Spider-Man and why? I mean, I mean I'd, I'd probably stick to the Spider-Verse Miles. Um, I thought that was a really well done character and it, it did a good job of encapsulating the things that made the Peter Parker story interesting. Um, he was a coming of age. He kind of had to learn how to be a Spider-Man. He got dropped in the deep end, but he never really lost himself along the way. Um, beyond that, it's harder because there's more like different flavors of Peter that have been the more interesting, but there have been some good ones along the way. I, I'm also very proud, um, very um, partial to the superior Spider-Man, the Doc Ock Spidey. I thought the Dan Slott run on those books was great. He did a really, truthfully, I thought his run kind of got a little bit, it, it kind of lost some steam after he wrapped that up, but that entire build up to superior and the run of superior leading up to Peter taking back over was just great. Yeah. Some of the best Spidey comics in the last 20, 30 years. Sure. Superior yeah. was definitely one of the last comics to make me laugh out loud while I was just sitting around reading it. Um, <laughs> That was it's some it's some funny stuff for sure. I enjoyed yeah. uh, when they brought it back from Superior and Peter had to deal with the fallout uh, where he lost yep. his PhD and you know he had to regain it. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah. To me, that, that's no, it was just being being a slub. Well, yeah, it was just great seeing them build all that stuff up and like everything in there was earned. Every beat across five years was something talked about somewhere in the five year run. It wasn't just. Ma automatically everything happens it was earned every everything that peter and went through wins he got losses he took well i appreciate uh you giving us such an extensive answer on both questions that's really awesome i'm really excited uh for us to talk about the thing that we're all here to talk about which is episode one of what if uh but before we dive into that we've got some news and rumors to discuss and a brief nerd appetizer on a topic relevant to today's uh, main spotlight. Uh, as a reminder, this is also a chance for you, the audience, to pick our brains with any marvelous trivia or points of confusion you may have. Uh, we'll be checking the comments throughout the show. And for those of you that can't get enough of us, you can visit patreon.com slash genxmedia immediately after this broadcast ends for our live post show, The Soapbox, where we wind down and talk about stuff we didn't get to in like the first one and a half hours somehow. Uh, there, I got all that out of the way. Um, I just, I, Greg, I know I don't know if I directed you, but there is a little comments tab over on the right hand side, so you can check those out. Uh, Ricky yeah. or I will try and put them up on the screen every now and then, so you'll see them as well. Uh, but yeah, 
we did a we did a little bit of um, news gathering this week, but we did it a little different. We wanted to make it a little more fun. Um, Ricky, do you want to you want to start off the news with us? Let's do it. All righty. It feels like deja vu. <laughs> Another week we're talking about Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage. Um, last week we got a trailer with a uh, release date on it. And it this, this fall. This fall. And we kind of know why now. <laughs> uh, Venom 2 was pushed back, uh, what is it, a week? I think is uh, in total what it got pushed back to. Uh, was it a week? I don't know. It says right there on the on the article. Month. Back to October. Um, yeah, I thought it was closer to a month. Take your banner off there. It says twenty fourth uh, to the September twenty fourth to October fifteenth. Yeah, that's, that's a little under a month. That's a, that's a few. That's like three weeks. Three weeks. Yeah. In Ricky years, that's one week. That is one week. <laughs> um, it's, you know, math is not a strong suit. It's, it's okay. been three hours since you looked at me. Well, I mean, it's it's. <laughs> Obviously, it's because of the uh, the Delta surge that we're kind of seeing across the country. It's uh, not just that movie, too. A lot of movies are already pulling the trigger on that. Like uh, Clifford, Clifford the Red Bed, Big Red Dog, sorry, has also been postponed. And I think some oh, other not ones Clifford. Are Dang, not Clifford. No, right? Oh, uh, Hotel Transylvania, I think, is, mm-hmm. is being pushed or is they're considering pushing it. Yeah. And the, they're questioning whether or not uh, James Bond is going to do it as well again. That would and, suck for Bond. Yeah. And I know the 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 bigger question, which Disney seems to be holding firm on, is is Shang-Chi, right? Like they Yeah, so they had actually they had their investor meeting uh this week and they were press on that specific question. Will Shang-Chi uh do like a Disney premiere style release? And they said no. And then they were pressed even further and they kind of uh in a way were saying that this is a an experiment for them to see how that movie is going to perform without a video on demand le- or a Disney plus premiere release because that movie is going to be coming to Disney plus 45 days after release. Yeah. So it's, it's a little interesting. That I Venom want- article, that Venom article was saying how like there's a, a polling that they do to like determine uh, uh, audience confidence levels in theaters. And I think right now the confidence level is like at 62% and Generally, the the theaters get worried if it's lower than a seventy percent. Um, mm-hmm. So basically, that's that's where the people that have been polled have said that they're comfortable, you know, returning to theaters. So uh, you've seen it in the box office, right? Everything mm-hmm. after Black Widow has just been going downhill pretty tank, fast. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Suicide Squad twenty six million last weekend, man. That's nuts. That's so bad. That movie was fantastic too. And that, well, the thing with Suicide Squad, I think, is it came in and has the DCU kind of not well liked, or kind of a little bit of its. Also, an R movie yeah. too. It's an R movie, but that hasn't really like we saw that with Deadpool. We've seen that with other things. That doesn't yeah. matter. You have a you have a universe that people are caring about less. You've got a brand that people are really confused about like the fact we're running it back is kind of like okay are we seeing the same thing i saw last time then you had the pandemic on top of it and it doesn't matter how good the movie is you're kind of like two strikes against you and then you have everything on max for free so effectively if i've subscribed to max for 20 bucks 
to try to get me to buy in. I'm getting all these movies. Like I've watched Space Jam with my four-year-old daughter like a dozen times. I never would have gone to see it in theaters. I probably would have bought it on video on demand, but yeah. it's worked out perfectly. And that's awesome for me as a consumer. Yes, it keeps me on HBO. So yes, Warner's happy they win. But for theaters and the whole theatrical experience, not so much. There's just no reason right now. Like yeah. Venom's another movie I feel like is going to fall very similar thing because it's a thing that stands alone. It was interesting. It did all right when it came around. There's mm-hmm. no real indication it ties into anything bigger. There's been talk for ages of a Sony like extended universe and they can't seem to get their act together i mean more the spumoni the spumoni <laughs> yes it's just like it it just and, and the trailers just aren't that interesting <laughs> yeah it'll be curious if like let's say venom gets pushed back again like we might end up in a situation it where it will where venom and, and uh morbius uh come out like within a month from each other which i think would be interesting is if that, they are trying is that, to... is that ricky math for a month or is it is it an actual month? So that's that's three months in Ricky time. <laughs> that's three months in Ricky I mean, time. I I could see it getting pushed out of the air. I could see everything that is potentially like big action blockbuster getting moved out of the air. I think the only reason they won't do that is if they do that, they're pretty much killing the, the- killing theatrical. Like yeah. AMC needs to pivot. There's a bigger, larger theatrical conversation. But if they do not have some film to keep the doors open during the holidays theaters will not survive another round of this and we're probably stretching into the fun of pandemics and such we're probably going to be seeing various waves over the course of the next few months that are going to keep theatrical confidence lower than the studios would like yeah do you think we get a spider-man this year dennis you're asking me i'm asking you i don't even care like i don't you're i'm the wrong person to ask i i don't care if we do like I'll, I I will watch these movies whenever they come out. So like, I'm I'm not the one that's like clamoring for the trailer every weekend. You know, to be like why? Where's the trailer? No, where's but... the trailer? Frank, you're muted. You had funny things to say. Ask too. me, Ricky. Ask me. Would you ask, think we get a Spider-Man this year, Frank? You're asking the wrong person. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta go. Three for three. You gotta ask Greg now. <laughs> I... Greg. Well, I don't. I mean, I guess I care, but. Um, I think it's going to depend whether um, there's any mm-hmm. pushes in the Marvel slate because the Marvel story is so interconnected. Exactly. There's probably a reasonable bet that if they have to push Shang-Chi, they have to push Spidey, they have to push like, anything. Eternals. Eternals, slate move. Eternals is a weird one. Like, I feel like that one. Yeah. If they push um, either of those two, then Spidey's probably getting pushed. Um, the other thing to keep in mind is Sony will have a say in what happens with Spidey. It will not just be Disney. Yeah, so yeah. if things are going nutty in the winter, which some predictions say they will be, they'll probably move it out of the holiday um, just to avoid to like to try to maximize their box office. Well, in, in yeah. or they'll make some crazy deal to like direct a video to like do a Disney Plus type thing. Mm-hmm. In regards to like the Disney stuff, I, I'm I wonder how that ScarJo lawsuit. Like I'd be curious if the contract structure for the Shang-Chi actors and the Eternals actors are tied to video or uh, theatrical releases, you know? I mean, the contract says you get 20 mil and that's it. Stop asking for more. I I think there's a bigger Hollywood geopolitics going on that they all see the writing on the wall that theatrical is no longer going to be 
tying everything to your theatrical box office in a world where theaters may not survive isn't the right way. Yeah. So I think you're seeing kind of a shift and she's one of the power players that can make a push towards that shift of, Hey, I want some yeah. of the streaming money. Yeah. I have no idea how that's going to play out. That's between all of them. Um, I, I would say, I don't know. Like I said, I, I, I think the real curiosity to me is whether or not Disney tries to hold the date and truthfully with Shang-Chi, it's going to come down to, does China, is China able to get its country back and going? Cause it's got some providences right now that are closed due to COVID mm-hmm. and they're banking on that thing, doing huge numbers there because I mean, it's built for that market. So if that market's not ready to go to theaters, that thing's getting pushed. And at that point, all bets are off. Yeah. It's uh, when I say I don't care, by the way, I mean, like I'll watch these movies, you know, because I enjoy them, but it doesn't matter to me when they come out, you know, like I, like, I, to me, I think lives matter more, you know, like, I think I care mm-hmm. more about, about like, <laughs> let's get this thing out of the way. Let's get this COVID thing locked up. Like if, if we don't, if we don't deserve Spider-Man because we, we still are going through this, then so be it. You know what I mean? Like, that's like, it's just, I'm willing, I, Hey, I've sacrificed two comic cons already, man. I can, I can keep going. No, I, I mean, I, if anything, I think Disney will be fine. Cause we're getting Hawkeye in the fall. You know, we can we can sustain a, a little bit longer with some drip feed stuff. But, you know, at at some point, I think next year you got to start. I feel like you got to start cutting losses, you know, not with like in terms of movies, but you're you're going to be running out of dates because now you're pushing in further and further into a schedule no, well, that's already that's well, everything's going to everything's going to get moved. That's just how it's going to work. This delay, Ricky, that it's going to just squash the entire fanfare around superheroes, because already I'm seeing a lot of people. Like not really interested in, in cape movies these days. You think it's going to move back to westerns or something like that? I don't think it'll move back to westerns, but I yeah. I think there will be something. There will there is always something that will be the the the, the popular the thing, cape. and who knows? There the, you know eventually, uh, you know something else will replace the superhero story. Uh, but yeah. you know for right now, let's just enjoy it. You know while we can. But I think uh, it's a couple things. I think it's. Yes, there's going to be, there's a little bit of apathy, like not apathy, but a little bit of like, okay, I've seen this. I don't necessarily want to be on the Marvel train. I don't want to do the DC thing, but people are still excited for it. I mean, you saw that with Black Widow come out and pop a huge number in a pandemic, Mm -hmm. even with the pandemic receding, you're still seeing these shows do huge streaming numbers. So they're still there. I think you're kind of getting a little vocal minority. Plus when people can get back into society, this is going to be a key part of it. But to Rick's point, I also think, yeah, you're going to hit a point where eventually you can't push these further because if you're pushing the slate out too far, like say you make a movie that's supposed to shit, like let's say a hypothetical, you had a movie this year. Like if you, what if they held Widow to next year? Well, at a certain point, what they've done in Widow, like won't hold up with newer movies. It'll also like jam the cars up on the Disney Plus. It'll jam the cars up on that. That's the one thing with Marvel's strategy, which is awesome is much like the comics have that continuing line of stories that all interconnect in some light ways. Eventually your trains are going to get backed up and then you're completely screwed. You're either dumping everything out there or not. So sooner or later, those things are going to probably have to go, but I don't think we're anywhere close to that yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, well, speaking of beloved superhero movies, this is Frank's piece uh, of news right here. New story brought by Frank. Hey, Danny DeVito is going to be writing for uh, <laughs> Batman 89. <laughs> uh, not for Batman 89. Is no. It, no. The comic, uh, right? Isn't no. It? No, okay. not for Batman 89. Damn it, Ricky. <laughs> I butchered. 
Uh, I did. The, I checked my notes. No, uh, he's writing for a special comic called uh, I think DC or Gotham Villains, Gotham City Villains. Gotham City and, Villains anniversary. And, oh. and it's uh, it's a bunch of collected stories about the different villains, and so he's doing a one shot story in there about the Penguin. Um, I, I enjoyed Frank, that, that Frank, everyone you, but me is talking about this. That's great. Yeah, Frank, you tell us. Let's more. get everyone hyped about it. No, I like it. I like the hype. <laughs> I think it's super cool. I that think it's cool. hilarious, and I think it's one of those things where, like, you have to reach Danny DeVito's status to sure. just be asked to just, hey, do you want to write this? Because, like, we don't know what your writing credentials for comics are, oh, but like, would you please write this story? You know. Well, I mean, they gave. Uh, writing credit to to Richard Donner for that Last Son uh, five issue series that he did with Jeff Johns and yeah um, other other non comic book like Kevin Smith has written uh, an amazing story called Batman the Widening Gear. This is a difference between Richard Donner, Kevin Smith, and Danny DeVito. Yeah, but um, Danny DeVito's been like this lasting entity in Hollywood who who's gone true. from like a, a show called Taxi and like. <laughs> to become like some weird like offshoot comedian you know like in twins or, or, or um taking weird roles like the penguin and stuff like that and yeah. then going from all that and uh, being in matilda and beloved in matilda and then going to like uh was it uh sunny yeah sunny. it's always sunny in philadelphia yes and, and doing weird stuff going full frontal hanging but off. he but he doesn't write any of those, Frank. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah, but I'm saying I'm saying to me this sounds like when you give a celebrity celebrity an honorary degree, um, honorary comic. Yeah, it's an honorary comic writing. Like, fuck I, it. I, I, I don't get think it's, I don't think it's this? a bad idea. I think it's a bonkers idea, and I'm down to read it. Yeah, but like well, even even William Shatner has written <laughs> Star Trek novels, yeah, written, yeah that's, and, that's and transitioned into Star Trek comics. That's fair. Were they good? Were they Shatner. were they good? Were they good? I'm, I'm not going to comment on that. That's that's not the point here. <laughs> the the point is they've written more novels and comics than I have. To be that's fair. To be fair, uh, did any of you guys ever read from a certain point of view the Star Wars like anthology? That's kind of the same same thing. A bunch of granted, oh. they're they're actual guest writers. But writing little Star Wars side stories, that's right. And I, I yeah. love them. Like they're they're so great. If you ever listen to the audiobooks, they're they're it's, all like it's, scripted it's, uh, too. It's it's read by Will Wheaton, right? Isn't it? Each each audiobook or each little story of like the twenty stories are, are narrated by different people. Wait, like Nathan Fillion has one. Will Will Wheaton wormed his way into the, the Star Wars universe too? I mean, I'm not gonna yeah. call him a worm. He wormed <laughs> his way. He he did the worm. What did Devito do it to to get himself into this into this thing? He played the fucking penguin, and he's writing a... his lawyer's like, "Hey, make ten grand, all right, or his agent." Greg, Greg, what, what's your thought on this one before we move on to another one? Yeah, I kind of agree. This feels like a token thing. This feels like they're playing up on Batman nostalgia. They're hitting the kind of okay we're talking about all this stuff the tim burton stuff's being talked about a bit you're yeah. seeing some of this come back in the flash why not bring devito in he's be- he's well loved you'll get something out of it you'll get a couple news clicks and that's all it needs to be yeah. <laughs> agreed all he has I mean, to say that's, is that's... Uh, like say his uh, his penguin lines <laughs> the first the first the first bubble in that in that story is going to be wah 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 <laughs> First bubble I'm hoping is like uh, I played this city like a harp from hell. 
I've actually never seen Batman Returns. What? Yeah. Oh, you're, you're not missing. Oh, anything. I've never seen it in third. I've seen the ending where they they carry him off. I think it'd be hard through. hard to hard to go back to it. I don't. I, don't I mean, I just watched Batman '89 for the first time last year, and that Did was. I liked it. It was fun for what it was, but it's definitely like comical. Like I just I can never get over the that fact that serious, like that was a serious movie. After <laughs> one day after the Joker became the Joker, he has merch for his goons and a logo. <laughs> like it's just so hilarious. Like, Back in the day, um, those T-shirt companies worked pretty well. Sorry. They worked they worked really fast. He also got Prince to write an album for him too. You're right, like. I want to see that movie where the Joker goes to Kinko's and gets some shirts printed, has a phone call with Prince. He went to T Fury and got. You'd be surprised how fast they can work uh, when when you've got a fish pointed to your head. You know, you never, you don't know your limits until you're in that situation. <laughs> oh man! All right, uh, Greg, it's up. It's your turn. You got some news for us. I, I like I like this one a lot. Um, Ah, the Substack. Yes. Yes. So news broke earlier this week that Substack has been working with Nick Spencer, who's current writer on Spider-Man, and a bunch of other top-name comic creators, including Jonathan Hickman, um, James Trayon, and a bunch of others. And I'm spacing on all the names just because I'm bad with names. Um, to work on original comics for Substack that effectively turns them into an image competitor but it also is a way for Substack to try to take a swing at growing their newsletter audience in a different fashion. So it's kind of a win for creators. It's a win for Substack. Um, and it's, it's interesting. You see some stuff popping up where people are getting annoyed because Substack allows people on of any opinion and that can get into an, a gnarly point of view. Um, but yeah. you also just have people that are like, I don't know what this means. Like, is this going to be cool? Is this not going to be cool? You had artists getting annoyed that they weren't getting solicited first instead of just all writers because it's very much a writer-driven line. Um, so it, it's interesting. It feels like it's one of those things that could be a, a really big thing. Uh, the other interesting point is that our creatives will get to keep their movie rights and keep their merchandising rights. So they're keeping yeah. all the stuff that could potentially monetize huge down the road. Substack is getting to keep a chunk of the change after a certain point in time. So there's money to be made for both sides. And for Substack, it's just trying to grow their brand. For these folks, it's an attempt to kind of do image without maybe the print cost per se. I, yeah. I'm curious. I don't know which way this will go. Saladin Ahmed, uh, Jonathan Hickman, Molly Ostertag, Scott Snyder, and James Tinian the fourth uh, with That's other right. yeah, with other writers. Uh, and some of them are saying, yeah, they're just going to do this exclusively. Uh, Tinian... Uh, he won an Eisner for his work on DC's Batman, and he was offered a three-year renewal contract, and he turned it down because he feels wow. he can he can make more money selling his own creative stuff uh, on this on this platform, and and just well, and and owning it. You know what I mean? He gets to own everything. And to um, go back to that right now, going back to an earlier topic on comics and comic movies, films, and everything else. The folks that have been able to sell in their property to some other medium have been making huge money, whereas the people that have done your Marvels and your DCs, yeah. they may make these kind of key stories, but they've all kind of said, look, the pay for that wasn't what I would, what they would have expected. You had yeah. everything from Tanishi Coates come out recently, kind of like, hey, you need to pay these folks better. Like the Brubacher Winter Soldier thing that create that helped kind of like be <laughs> a linchpin in all the Marvel MCU. Yeah. The dude, the dude 
has made it very clear while he holds no grudges with any individual, he didn't feel like he got properly compensated. And I don't know he, what his he compensation turned, He turned down the check, actually. He what, did, the $5,000 check? He didn't take the check. Uh, yeah, we talked about uh, that during during uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier about about uh, Brew Raker coming out about that and saying um, I missed uh, that. that he, he actually chose to uh, not take the money so that he could maintain the right to complain about it till the end of his, his life. But he was really frustrated. He was yeah. really frustrated to know that like at this point in his career, after he's created characters like the Winter Soldier and stuff, that he still has to worry about when he dies, how he's going to provide, you know, for his family and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, like and you would think that somebody who is famous for creating these characters or these epic mm -hmm. storylines would just be set, you know, but yeah, that's the way it is. You make, you make contracts with these giant companies and you give away the, you, you sell, like, you sell away yeah. the rights. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. You know, you want to play with Captain America at the end of the day, that's not your baby, you know? It's not your baby. Yeah. And even Bucky's not his baby, but you know, the winter soldier is his baby. Mm -hmm. yeah, for sure. And to, and to be fair, like on the other side of this, yes, he could have stayed. He could have kept writing the character. You do. If you're, you, you sell enough, you do make residuals. There are some writers like Dan Slott and others that actually make very, very good money off writing just one or two books because they're so high selling mm -hmm. and such, but it, it's such a trade-off and it's, that made a lot more sense before the Hollywood and other medium implosion of comic mm -hmm. properties. Now that that is such a big deal, you're seeing a lot of these folks, especially these folks that built up their name around the Marvel and DC space, flip it and go into other mediums with their own creatives, like Netflix deals. Look at Mark Miller. He's got, he sold off his entire company, made a huge amount of money and is able to now pump out a bunch of different shows tied to that. You have things like, um, what was it? The Umbrella Academy, a thing you never would have heard of. One of the better shows on Netflix. And now they're going into the third season. And that yeah. was just a really kind of low, like kind of off in the corner, never knew about it thing. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, this is a thing that like the world now cares about. So it's but hard it, to say. It, that oh, so is it is it too dissimilar from like the MCU? You know, you get a, a no name actor, no name director. You give them the shittiest of contracts. They go make a billion dollar superhero movie and then they have you know an open invitation to any audition that they want to do for the next 10 years of their lives you know it's like if you're a, a writer you do a stint for a major superhero you know and yeah. then you can go sell your own thing five yeah. ten years later you know is it yeah well does I that mean, have should, value you know yeah usually I these 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 writers and stuff they they get the opportunity to go and sell their own stuff because they have an established following from the big named comics that they mm -hmm. do. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like that's at Brubaker said that too. That's he got all these fans and now he's off doing his own stuff uh, because of that, you know? So, yeah. mm -hmm. so, I mean, I think that's a great point. Like you can build up your name in the mainstream stuff. You build it up on these characters running these great runs and then you can turn around down the road and then make your own thing. And again, the Mark Miller thing is a great example. He built it up on these huge Marvel runs um, that then turned around and he made his own company, made his own IPs, made a ton of money with him and his co-creators, sold it to Netflix, made even more money. Like, yeah. And you're seeing more and more of those stories pop up. Yeah. Yeah. I like the the McFarlane, right? He, he spun off his own thMcFarlane. thing. And now he's making yeah. toys. And now he's making toys for DC. 
Like, well, and the, and the thing is, his toy empire, and then he turned around and spawns now the the new number one of spawn, King Spawn. He says is selling something like four hundred thousand, five hundred thousand units, which puts it in a top ten comic in the last decade. I'm sure there's fuzzy math in there somewhere, like how they're counting covers and everything else. Definitely but fuzzy math. But there's still something to be said for to get that kind of thing out of Spawn to where he feels like he's comfortably making money. I mean, that's kind of amazing. He's actually probably yeah. the last yeah. of the of the original Image Seven that can say that. Yeah. I mean, other than Jim Lee, who's the president of DC. But Jim Lee kind of flipped his thing in a whole totally different light in that. He, and to be fair, Jay, actually, you're right, because he sold it to DC. He made, he was able to sell his baby off to DC and then go back and work with the mothership. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah. All right. It's my turn. Yep. I think you guys Speaking know what I'm going to talk about. If I have toys. my choice of news, it's my it's my turn. My addiction. It's a, it's a Marvel Legend Roundup. That's what Ricky's chosen to call it. Uh, I didn't I didn't bombard you guys this week with with the usual. Here's all the links to all the things. Because I don't know, I feel like that's excessive, and I, I kind of like to surprise you maybe a little bit. Uh, but yeah, there's a new wave of uh, uh, Fantastic Four figures that was announced this week um, for Marvel Legends, and I I broke down each each one has its own little picture, so you can you can go through the slides if you want, Ricky. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a wave of six that are on a retro card backs to make it look like the old school toy biz, like 1990s. Uh, based on the cartoon that was uh, what like the Marvel the, the Marvel Action guy. Hour, uh, but yeah, he, uh, you got a Reed Richards, you got a Sue, uh, and they're they're both in. I wouldn't say they're it's not their original costumes, but it's the uh, it's the iconic what like Greg is this like eighties and nineties costumes pretty much? Yeah, this is like the 80s, 90s run comic uh, costume. I don't think those were. Trying to remember who the right like the the main writer would have been at that time. Out of Mark Wade. Um you got, oh, you John, got uh, Human yeah, Torch with his uh Jack Kirby little lines. The Kirby in lines, yeah. The, the Kirby look. lines. Yeah. I like I, his like forearms too. The little flames on there is really cool. Oh yeah. This extra fire effects. Uh Frank, what do you think of this thing? What about him? You want undies? Talk about the orange dong. He does have he does have new sculpted undies that are shorter. The the previous thing figures had shorts, and this one actually has speedos on. Um, Skies out, thighs out. (laughs) Skies out, thighs out. I've never heard that one before. He actually comes with two heads: one without teeth and one with teeth. They wanted to satisfy both both groups of fans. That some people think the thing should not have actual teeth because his mouth should be rock. Also. Um, so they did two versions of that. And then uh, for the first time ever in the Marvel Legends line, it is Psycho Man. Uh, they have never made a Psycho Man figure. Whoa, where'd you go there? Um, yeah, he's a pretty cool looking figure. Uh, Frank, what do you what do you know about Psycho Man? Yeah, tell me about Psycho Man. <laughs> I don't know anything about Psycho Man. I just Greg, know- what do you know about Psycho Man? I am completely spacing on my more on my Fantastic Four villains. Like, I know him. I've read some stories with him. I know his powers are somewhat mental based, and I do not remember the ins and outs. Yeah, I think he bootleg he's, uh, King. No, <laughs> uh, I like that. That's a good. Name. That's a good name for him. We lost Frank. Uh, yeah. We will move on. We and lost we will, the original Psycho Man. I will. I, I promise uh, to f- find a way to provide more information on that later. Uh, 
And then the last figure in the wave is the high evolutionary. Um, We've actually, this is an interesting one because we actually talked about him at the beginning of the year uh, because in the comics, the high evolutionary is tied to the origin of Wanda and uh, Pietro Maximoff. Mm -hmm. Um, But yes, this is also another one that they did that has never been made in the Marvel Legends line in like 20 years. They've never made a high evolutionary. He uh, he created uh, what's her name? Uh, what's uh, Bova? Bova. Bova. The uh, the uh, ox. Is, right? The the nanny that that took care of uh, this guy. Like he's like Doctor Moreau for Marvel, pretty much. Is that oh is that a God. fair assessment? He's also a little Mister Sinister, but more for everything that's not mutants. Yeah, he's a Mister Sinister slash Doctor Moreau because he likes to make animal people all the time, right? Yep. Yeah. And then uh, just to top it off, uh, uh, Hasbro actually put out two exclusive uh, figures that you have to order off their website. They're like bonus figures for the wave. So this is a depowered Johnny. All of those fire effects are removable. So you can have him just look normal and standing around having coffee with everybody else. And then there is a translucent uh, Sue, Invisible oh, Woman. Sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. Um, and she is... Uh, She's a thing. I don't. I don't know that I love this thing, but I. I see the niche appeal. Like there are people that just like translucent figures. I find it weird because you can see all the pegs and all the like the, the nuts and bolts that go into her, and it's weird. So if, if my math is correct, you're already in the hole for around two hundred bucks, right? That's pretty bad math, but sure, we'll it's, go for that. Ricky, Ricky amounts. Ricky amounts. Uh, it's it's not it's not horrible math, but yeah. And then just so that it's not completely Fantastic Four, they surprise announced a three pack of '90s goodness X Force. Uh, wow, Cannonball, you, Domino, and I can't Cannonball try to get a good look. The Warpath. Here, I can make it bigger. Oh, Richter! It is Richter. Huh. First he ever. Like he was, I thought it was Warpath, but then I noticed the green. I was like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, uh, you have knives if it was Warpath. The Warpath figure actually already got made uh, last year, and he did not come with knives. What is what does Richter do? Um, he fights people, vampires. He's actually by the way, people the were pretty powers. people were pretty pissed that Warpath didn't come with knives last year. By the way. Oh. Coming in 2022, uh, Warpath with knives. Yeah, but this is the uh, this is the first Richter figure that they've ever made as well. So, uh, but yeah, that's all Rob Liefeld inspired uh, character designs and stuff. And so, uh, say what you will, I, I do hate uh, in general the what is considered <laughs> the talent of Rob Liefeld. But there was a specific moment in time where I was eating these comics up, and his feet are too big. <laughs> I will, I will say this about Liefeld, like his of all his wonkiness, his X Force stuff is the stuff that sort of holds up. You have Cable, you have Strife, you have a certain very talkative guy in a red suit that got bound, gagged, mailed back to Tolliver in New Mutants '98, and a whole bunch of other things that he did that actually did stand the test of time. Yeah, it, it's true. It, it's true. He did create a lot of interesting things for the Marvel Universe. And then, uh, you know, this is my general daily update on the Galactus <laughs> HasLab campaign. Uh, I've been meaning to, I've been meaning to back this. Run, run us through the numbers. 
Uh, just the quick numbers is uh, we're still targeting way under the uh, the final goal of 14,000, but it's a lot better than it was a week ago. Uh, basically, every time Hasbro has any announcement or any live stream, they seem to move the lead, the needle in the positive direction, obviously. So all they have to do is keep engaging with the the, the audience and actually let us know what the hell the, the, the unlock stretch goals are. Uh, and I think you'll get a, a lot more backers. They really only have to cover about 1,600 extra people from where we are on target. And then and then this thing will be back. It's got about uh, 17 days to go. So we'll see how this I'm, goes. I have been meaning to back this, and I keep forgetting to do it, like, um, just for a variety of reasons. Like, the, the times that I remember to go on, I, I haven't been at a point where I could put in my credit card info and set it up. I do have Did, the Sentinel coming. I have three. You have three. Oh my god! You do have a problem, I, don't you? I do have a problem. That's why we have a segment called Dennis's Problem, and that is it right there. Uh, <laughs> I uh, I have actually not backed the Galactus yet because I've been Wait, having really? fun. I've been having fun just uh, tracking wow. all all these things and sh and showing people how poorly marketed this was versus the Sentinel. Um, and so it's just it's something fun for me. I'm hoping maybe like at the end, right at the wire, I'll be like. Oh, there! I saved your asses and I backed it. You know, but it's probably not for be. for the it's first time in my life. I have an actual like sizable desk at work. So I mean, big enough, big enough for a Galactus. There's a spot for a Galactus there. Uh, you know, but I don't know. Four hundred's kind of a lot for, for yes. This. It's a lot of money, especially in a pandemic, for sure. Yeah. All right. I think that's all the news there do. There is a, just as always, we do have the, the uh, comics for the new, the new Marvel comics for the week. Frank, were you paying attention to that one? Nope. Okay, Whoa. that's not in the that's slightest. All right. That's all right. We got to get the show moving anyway. So I think Frank helped me come up with a great question of the week, and we just wanted to, we kind of wanted to get this week this question going because it, it it relates to the spotlight, the the you know the what if show that we watched this week. Um, so I think it's kind of a fun, quick one that we can answer. Uh, Ricky, you got that question for us? What was? Oh, whoa, that's a little weird. You can do it. I believe in you. <laughs> what was your favorite comic book show as a kid versus your favorite comic book show as an adult? Greg, do you want to go first? Guess, guess goes favorite first. comic show as a kid. I've been hemming and hawing on that. I kind of go back to the X-Men show that appeared in the, what was it, early 90s, I think it was, late 80s, early 90s, uh, where the Wolverine meme came from and everything else. Like, mm -hmm. it was just, it was one of the more coherent comic shows i remember it was that and spidey and the spidey and his amazing friends were the two that i remember really well in terms of those shows and then you had you had the old school batman and that was something too but i think the x-men kind of stuck with me more today these days oh that one's trickier i would say probably of the three actually got a lot of good ones in the past years 
Don't get yeah, yeah. I'm actually kind of kind of say I think Umbrella Academy. I really enjoyed what they've done with that show. That's a cool one. Um, it, it kind of feels like it captured the spirit of where the X Men was in the kind of its heydays of the '90s, 2000s, like when it was just really crazy creative. When Grant Morrison was just throwing craziness at the wall, and you've seen a little bit of that, I think, in the last you know decade when Jason Aaron and Rick Remainder had some time with it. And you've seen it with Hickman kind of building this big giant scaffolding of craziness that he's about to knock over with um, Inferno and whatever follows it. But I feel like that show's got a lot of the same thing in the comics for it are just equally crazy in a different way. So I'll go Umbrella Academy. I'm really bummed you picked Umbrella Academy because I wanted to pick that. And for, for the same reason that they, they differ from the comics so greatly, but they managed to keep the mm-hmm. tone and keep it relevant to this day. So I think I think that's really cool. But yeah, I think that's why it. That's you, can st- you can still pick that. No, 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 no. He picked it. I mean, it's gone. For for those same reasons, I like the boys. Like in terms of the current stuff, like I, that show deviates from the comics pretty. I won't say significantly, but there's yeah. you know, but they they tie it back into a lot of current stuff. And I part some of the best parts of that show is how, you know relevant it, it is in some instances and yeah i mean the, the boys probably probably in terms of like stuff that i'm like waiting to watch season three is coming out what about back when you were a younger kid yeah like two years back ago. when i was a, a youngin um to be honest i really didn't watch a lot of superhero shows as a kid the only one that really sticks out to me is the x-men animated show that came out right when the first movie came out um they were like all, yes, yes. They're all like in high school or not high school, but they're younger. That's, that's uh, X Men Evolution. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it, it, that show doesn't uh, age as well as I thought it would, but it's it's okay. You went it's back okay. and watched it on Disney Plus. Yeah, I've been watching it on Disney Plus. I have not watched it since I was a kid. But I remember the whole, like, following it. The whole sure. reason I've been trying to watch it is because I love the moment where after like a season or two seasons two and a half seasons, something mm-hmm. like that. There's a moment where Rogue pops and she she has too many personalities that she's absorbed and <laughs> she ends up absorbing Mystique, which allows mm-hmm. her to change shape. And she has a mental break and she starts turning into all the characters that she's ever touched in the history of the show. And she becomes this unstoppable force for like, you know, that episode and it's a pretty cool moment that like rewards people for how long they've been watching it. And I've been trying and I'm like, you know, I've been trying to watch it with Lindsay and it's like, man, this is rough. Like this is, it's a little, you know, it's a little, it's a little sexist at times that show, but you know, you know, it's funny. Like I, I remember liking watching Batman, um, the animated show, but I remember when Batman beyond came out, like, I was like, why the fuck is Batman? in the future like in my little six seven year old mind thought yeah this is kind of dumb wow i like my old batman future batman wasn't doing it for me wow like i would i felt the same thing about did you ever read like the 2099 comics like doom 2099 or yeah i i felt the same way about doom like all the other ones i was i was behind like that weird reptilian hulk and like spidey there was a kid at my school who was super into comics and i would get a lot of my comic like knowledge secondhand through him and he would just show me drawings of like spider-man 99 i'm like this is like the coolest shit ever like 20 20 20.99 20, 20, and 
Oh, they, they, went never, they went back to they year went back. 0099. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> I never followed up with any of it, but I just remember being fascinated with like specifically Spider-Man 2099. Well, most people were, and that's why he's one of the only ones that is really stuck over. He's yeah, He stood the test of time more than any of the Punisher others. Punisher too, right? Punisher yeah, they had a lot of them. Soon to be um, played by Oscar Isaac in the Into the Spider-Verse sequel. So. Yeah. He's going to well, play Punisher? No, he no, already was. That, he already weird. was him in the last. That's weird. He, yeah, he played twenty ninety nine. and He's going to Punisher. That's oh. cool. Good, good for Oscar. I mean, Isaac. No. I'll sign up for Oscar Isaac Punisher. Sure. No, I think he meant he's going to play. Yeah, he's going to play twenty nine nine again. There's there's sign up sheets to actually play Oscar. Isaac. All right, I'm going to answer my question before we move on to the thing because this is getting weird. Uh, I'm going to answer it. Uh, lots of good answers. This is a really hard one for me. When Frank and I had the question earlier, we were kind of starting with cartoons, but like if we're going to open it up to everything, uh, different stages of my life, I would say the first show that ever really hooked me, aside from Electric Company, when when Spider-Man would show up for a brief few minutes in that one, I'd say the one that I was diehard addicted to when I was a kid was The Incredible Hulk with Bill Bixby and Lou Ferrigno. That show, definitely that one in one that one in Wonder Woman. That's what I was I was gonna pick. Freaking Bill Bixby, Incredible Hulk. Now I got to pick another one. Yeah, that was that was my jam. I did also love Spider Man and his Amazing Friends, but like I think for me, like seeing a live action Hulk on screen as a kid just like blew my mind every week. You know, like it was just it was the coolest thing ever. and then uh, as as a as a grown up, as a, you know, like uh, there's a lot of great content to to choose from if you want to call me a grown up. Um, but I was telling Frank I was upsetting him a bit. Uh, but I would say um, above all other shows right now, my favorite is Harlequin because that show dares show. to do that show dares to do what most shows would not do, which is just kill super important characters left and right and just take you on a ride that you've never really been on before. You know. Um, that show, that show just leaps and bounds above everything else for me. Yeah. Frank, now what do you got left? What now, do you got now left? you guys took all my answers. Now I have to <laughs> make something up off the cuff. So, uh, back in the day, you know, the flash, when the flash came out in 1990 with John, or John Wesley, John Wesley ship. Yep. Yeah. John Wesley ship. I thought that was an amazing show. In fact, I thought I was so confused and I was such a dumbass kid. I was like nine. And I was watching it, and I thought it was Ted Danson this the entire time. Oh in God. fact, like well into my twenties, I was all like, "Hey, do you remember that Ted Danson Flash show?" And they're all like, "There was never a." T-. And I'm all like, "There was. I assure you, there was." And it was not Ted Danson. Yeah, he's the um, whole reason I watched Dawson's Creek for like years. Oh really? Uh, uh, because the Flash was in it, and then one day, and I told my friends because my friends would make fun of me for watching uh, Dawson's Creek, and I said, "Dude, I promise you, the day they kill." John Wesley ship, I'm out. Yeah. And then one day they killed him. I stopped watching Dawson Street. <laughs> I don't know out. what happened to this show. I have no idea. I well, liked it. And, and then uh, the the special effects back in the day, and they had Mark Hamill as the trickster. I thought all that yeah. stuff was really cool. No, he's great. Back. Yeah. Well, I'd be curious. What's, to, so, well, for what was, what's your show now? I was going to say. Well, were we asking Ricky? What would you say? Well, what did Greg think of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Cat fan number one. Oh, I mean, I really dug it. I thought it was really a fun show. And before we get to that, I I know Greg can, Greg can probably talk about a lot about Captain America. But let let me finish this, and then yeah, let let him finish, Ricky. Let me finish, Ricky. All right, all right, all right. 
I didn't know Ricky's question was going to be disruptive to the flow. You didn't? You've been doing this for 30 weeks, man. In Ricky time, in Ricky time, that is six years. That is is 16 years. Answer your question. Answer your question. Uh, You know, I I was going to say Doom Patrol, and I think that's a fantastic show. It is. Um, But I'm going to I'm going to go with Gotham because I think that's a that's a crazier answer, I think. And that's a hotter take. That is a hot take. Gotham dares to be ridiculous like it is, yeah. it is the most ridiculous batman show it is like the muppet babies of batman but it's also like a combination of like all those day glow uh, uh, effects that were in batman forever the the, the whole um they carve their own little space and they're really? like this is us this is yeah. our our batman universe deal See, with it now now i'll watch it because you described it as the muppet babies of of batman and i've never heard that take I'll I'll give it another shot. I'll give it, it another shot now. It is insane what they do with it. And every time you think they're they're like, oh, you're, it's going like the standard formula. This guy's obviously going to be this guy. He doesn't. They do not do that. They subvert. But your he has a twin. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. They subvert your expectations <laughs> in in the funniest way possible. And nobody's there taking it serious, and it's just it's just a good time if, if you don't take it take it too it's, serious. It's it sounds like you, you, oh you won't let us have Batman. Well, fine, we'll just fuck up our like yeah. Here's the Grey Ghost, bitches. Yeah. Later. All right, <laughs> I I do want to hear Greg's answer, but I almost feel like that's worthy of the soapbox because we didn't bring Greg here to talk about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We brought him here to talk about what if the first episode. So we should probably do that and then follow up on all the other things. What if, that we what, want what if Greg about. forgets his yeah. answer though? Like I was talking about. I don't think he's going to forget his answer. I think he's got it. I think he's got it locked in there. All right. Yeah. Let's. Do you let's. Want, do you want to take that risk, Dennis? You might have let's to play the thing. video. Let's do the thing <laughs> that we, we said we were going to do. Um, all right, it is time. We have waited. We kept. You got anybody who's been watching? Thank you for for hanging out with us for this long. But we have gone way longer than I thought we would. I had fun. That was fun that was talking good. about that all that good. news, though. Uh, but yeah, it's time to put the spotlight on uh, episode one of What If that aired this week on Disney Plus. Um, it's probably fresh on everybody's minds. It came out on on Tuesday at midnight or Wednesday, depending on whenever you watch it. You've had some time to watch it. I'm pretty sure if you're here hanging out with us, you probably watched it. But just for a quick, quick recap, uh, what if uh, the first episode was called What If Captain Carter Were the First Avenger? And it's basically, uh, you know, a spin on, you know, if what if uh, Steve Rogers is seriously injured and instead Peggy Carter becomes the world's first super soldier. Uh, From then on, the events that we know from the MCU continue to unfold a little differently or significantly different, different, whatever, however you take it. Um, but that's pretty much the idea of the what if comics. I grew up reading those comics. I loved them. Uh, they were something that was like a gateway for me because even if I hadn't read like the 30 or 20 some years of history of a comic, I could go get it, read a, a what if and just pick it up and be like, oh, that's a cool, interesting story because they kind of make you aware of what the correct story is first before they tell you you know, here's this weird trippy one. So uh, I don't know, like uh, I'm assuming Greg and, and Frank, you also used to read those comics as well or still do. Yeah. Yeah. I still love them. I, I think I like the civil war one. I was a big heart wrencher. I think for me uh, came out in what, 2008, 2007, something like that. 
Yeah. And Greg? Yeah. So what ifs, like they've come and gone over the last 30 years. There's been some runs of them were great. Some runs of them where I've been like, eh, it could be better. Yeah. Um, offhand, like- I'm not placing any like super memorable ones, but it was always usually like, what if this major story went a different way? What if the villain won this story? Like, what if, you know, this character had this person's powers? And then you'd go kind of down this what if rabbit hole, literally what if rabbit hole. And what mm-hmm. I think makes it interesting now is how at the end of Loki, Marvel kicked the door open to a Marvel multiverse. And this is opening the door to something that can now sit within kind of it's it's what if, but it's also what if. And it kind of plays with it can play in the wider Marvel tapestry, which is a bit different because what ifs in the past have always been hypothetical that is it what if yeah. like we're not doing that multiverse crossover thing here that door in theory is open even if marvel hasn't said it is well yeah uh, they actually have said it is they said it's canon what if characters in the past have uh come over have crossed the threshold into yeah marvel. yeah they've, they've had a few yeah but they've it, had a few it, that were so successful right yeah yeah can you name any i can't remember which ones Sp- spider girl uh, May was Parker, it Spider? I think it's oh, May was. Uh, Mayday. Huh? Yeah, Mayday Parker. Yeah, right. That, that was. Right. She's probably well, hers was interesting because she didn't really cross over into canon at first. She just kept her own world, kept spinning. And I have all those books back at my dad's house, and they're it was a remarkably good run. It was one of the better Spidey books for a long time. It got yeah. a little old and long in the tooth near the end, but she never actually came over to the like the proper six one six Marvel universe. She stayed in her own little corner of the world and. I think they eventually like did a small crossover somewhere. I, if my memory serves, but that she was about it. Spider-verse. She's in Spider Verse. She's yeah. in Spider Verse. Both both of them. Both of the Spider Verses. Right. The Spider Verse yeah. and Spider Get Spider Getting. She's she in both of them. Spider Getting. Yeah. Yeah, she's in both. Yeah. Yeah. Did, uh, wait, did she? Oh wait. Yeah. Okay. Wait. Yeah. She's. I think she's in there. I'm trying to think. She's right. in. She's in both. I'm well, positive. What, what, what's her role in Spider Geddon? That was what. What I'm wondering. <laughs> Damn if I remember. There's Damn, so many. Frank, in are Spider-Man you drinking a monster at 9 p.m.? Fucking I animal. Don't, I, don't, I don't sleep till like four in the morning anyway. So God. don't judge him. But anyways, uh, I, so the reason I asked you guys if you did read the comics is because I was curious. Uh, before you know, before we get into like, I want to know for sure what Ricky's thought on this because I know. This is not something that he grew up with, but I'm curious how close how close to the source material did this did this episode hit for you? You can go um, first, Greg. Sorry. You know, in terms of the source material of what if comics, I felt it hit the vein of that pretty nicely. In terms of the source material of, you know, Captain America: The First Avenger, I thought it was mostly in line. I thought there were a couple of things that felt a little bit like didn't quite line up, but by and large, I thought it lined up reasonably well and it twisted fate in the way I would have expected the comic to twist fate. If the comic had done this story, had taken all these pieces without knowing anything about the film, I think they would have landed in a similar spot on the big character beats. Some of the specific action, probably not. That's yeah, that's a pretty good assessment right there. Well, how do you know that's a good assessment? I I just, that's what I feel. (laughs) <laughs> uh frank <laughs> since you're somebody who also read the books uh what do you what do you think about this uh, about the show so far I feel, I feel like it's a good assessment i think the show is good. <laughs> uh, no I, I thought it was great um i think um 
I was talking to you about Exiles, where they have like a version of Captain Carter. It's like Peggy with right. the shield, um, but she's she's not a she. I don't think she has the serum in her, if I'm not mistaken. But she's like plucked out of her timeline, and that's what this episode was kind of reminiscent of. They they took that concept and dialed it up to eleven, and had her like jumping over stuff and kicking motorcycles and fighting dame. Yeah, fighting dame. Um, but I thought it was cool. But I, I don't. I don't think um, I, I thought I thought it was good. I, I think she's supposed to be the flagship hero of what if. Uh, I've, yeah. I've heard something about there being like some kind of overarching story. Yeah, so that's what I was curious about. Like, what if you guys know about that, or if you saw this as the pure anthology that it it so far it's presented itself as. Uh, I, ho- you... I hope that it does that. That that it remains like an anthology, and then we, we think like, oh man, it's going to be an anthology. Everything's different, and then. Last couple episodes, boom! They 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 pull out like a what if end game, and like pull out. Oh, that's totally on the cards. That's like in the trailer. But but even go further than that, and like put mm-hmm. in like an animated Sylvie, an animated Loki, maybe Wanda or the White. Oh, Vader. I mean, I, I say go further and put a Captain Carter in the movies. Okay, See, I, I'd I'm, be cool with that. Like they could do the Peter Jackson, Peter Jackson Hobbit thing with her, except in reverse. So I don't know if it, I don't know how many of you guys have seen uh, this, but this was in the trailer. Yeah, yeah, they showed that. And so like Captain Carter that, talking with Ian. Uh, with Ian. No, that's oh, yeah. So that. Uh, so as far as I know, the Doctor Strange uh, centric episode of the of What If is supposed to be the ninth episode of the season. So uh, from what I've seen in interviews and, and stuff, uh, their plan actually is to present it as an anthology, but also do an, uh, somewhat of an interconnective story in which uh, they want Peggy to be the anchor that we relate to and that we can come back to every now and then. So if uh, this show is planned to have a second season already uh, and they do want to at least once every season come back and revisit Peggy. So that is in a set in essence different already from what, what if normally does. Uh, but I don't know that I dislike that because I think in general, the MCU has been doing things slightly different than what the comics do all the time. Right. So uh, why not, why not do something more meaningful with what if, uh, and then I know uh, probably should have warned people, but I mean, at this point, spoilers, right? Like this is not in this episode, the thing I just showed you. So this is from the trailer. So I, we haven't spoiled that. Um, but uh, f- we will be spoiling the episode if you haven't seen it. Uh, but just before I get into the rest of the episode slides, uh, there is this promotional material that also has been leaked uh, that has uh, gone out to different vendors and stuff. And um this to me suggests that there actually is going to be something because uh, you guys, we all know, I mean, Ricky doesn't necessarily, but you, uh, the rest of us know the watcher Uatu as this awesome character that is supposed to only show up and observe the biggest moments in, in the Marvel universe. Right. But the reality is, is like, usually the fun of Uatu is like, he does the exact opposite of that. Right. Like every time, something is really big that threatens the fate of the galaxy. He does the exact opposite of what he's supposed to do. And he actually intervenes. 
so the implication is that he might be assembling a group of people from different multiverses. And like Ricky said, I would love to see if they actually translate this into the live action. But I mean, how much of this did you know going into this? Me? Yeah, yeah, sure you or any of any of you. Um, I mean, yeah, I I follow spoiler stuff pretty heavy, so I was pretty in tune to with what it seems like the direction they're going with this. Um I I I'd just be curious and see how they how they follow it through. You know, I, I think it would just be a shame to see this stuff be isolated to its own animated universe. I would like I hate saying like it legitimizes it, but like it would be a really neat feat for them to pull off, like transition this back into the live action stuff, like for sure. Not necessarily I don't think we'll get like a multiverse team up movie for obvious reasons like with the scar scarjo stuff and the t'challa situation like it's it's you know it's just not a, a feasible pot you know poss- possibility but to see you know like a like a captain carter or um you know should bring back gamora some other evil gamora or whatever i think it, it was in the trailer you know that'd be kind of cool um what what do you what what hit the most like greg you were mentioning earlier that there was some stuff that that uh kind of you didn't like about the action like what what was that you were thinking of specifically so the things by and large i really dug this i thought they did a great job i thought they they kind of they played up peggy carter as like a perfect person to jump into this really embraced her embraced having the super soldier serum being cap being the hero kind of throwing up a middle finger to everyone that said as a woman, she couldn't do any of those things. I did find it a little funny when she was overly reckless. She was not a character that was reckless. She was a character that'd be aggressive. She was a character, but she was always calculated. So like when she takes the shield and runs towards a Jeep and then afterwards, like, I didn't know that was going to work. Like she's not going to do that. She would have thrown the shield. She would have used the shield to cut it. She wouldn't have battering rammed a thing and not known if she could take the hit. That's well, just not in her character. She didn't actually say I didn't know she was I could do this. She said that was brilliant. Like she she was She actually said I believe it was more like I didn't know if that would work. I mean and I just remember as soon as I heard that it was like, wait, what? In in regards to that scene, it was just a little odd to me. Like she's essentially talking to herself. It's not like she's like a calm. Well, it was funny because like you never talk to yourself? I mean I, I it was, all the time. It, it, it felt a little that that specific scene felt probably the most cartoonish out of that entire episode. Like the car flip, although it was cool, it was like that. Just I don't like, like your I, tone, Mister. What does that mean when you say that? My baseline is if I didn't see Cap do it in the movies, like wow, did she like uh, you know like I, I didn't has no, Cap I don't ever flipped a I, truck see, like that. I, you know what? I think you just stumbled upon my one of my favorite things about this episode. Uh, you are associating them as equal in strength. But if you're remembering correctly, Cap is a scrawny little dude with like a lot of health problems when he gets the serum. Peggy is a physically fit human being. I and like she's that. a fighter. And she's a she fighter. She knows how to fight. I got the impression that she is significantly stronger than Cap because of those reasons. Did you get that, Frank? I did. 
I did. That's why I think she she looks bigger than Cap actually. In She's my huge. And and it's huge. It, and I'm totally okay with it. I'm totally okay for her to be like on like, uh, uh like a She-Hulk level because, like you said, she was already physically fit and trained in the military. Yeah. Um, whereas Cap is just like a little boy. Like like think about this, Ricky. Like. Could the Peggy Carter of could, that car flip just no, made no, no, no. no goddamn sense? What the hell? You again? We're talking about a vibranium shield in the mix here, though. So like, yeah. like I, I kind of took it as you know, Red Skull had the super soldier serum, and he was not stronger than Cap, and he was also yeah. military fit. So I, mm-hmm. I took it as she's the same strength level, but she knows how to fight. She knows how to do things. Like you watch her doing mm-hmm. a lot of the moves. There are things Cap never embraced until. You know, he got a lot of training. Like at first he was very vanilla, very basic because that's what he knew. She's like, nope, I'm doing jumping spin kicks, using the shield and doing like, and she got really adept really fast. And that felt like her character. It, it would, to me, it was less about whether she's stronger or weaker. I could see her being stronger. I could see it kind of being a relative baseline, give or take. To me, it was more like she really embraces it. She knows what she's doing with it, where Steve had to learn everything at hello. She's like, nope, I'm trained. I know how to do it, and I am very willing to go in there and kick your teeth in. Oh, for sure. By, for by sure. the way, Greg, her line was, that was brilliant. Let's give it another go. I could have swore when she, she made I, – I just remember that really rubbed me the wrong way. I know. I, re- back I, re- I read that from your feedback, and I, and I thought it was funny. There, because, there is another scene where she says something but, like that. But like, it's just I, mean, I don't, I don't want to shit on the episode all, all, all day. Like, I, all I really <laughs> enjoyed – the setup and i hope it continues through with the entire series of how uatu presents the show he leads the un and then there's that pause and this is the moment like i really liked the setup of the episode a lot and just but but with our explanation are you willing to concede that maybe just because steve didn't i will say she's a better fighter (laughs) <laughs> that but, i get but the truck flip is just a little mm. at, as a reminder the hulk is a byproduct of trying to recreate the super soldier serum i can believe a, if the hulk did that no problem you no problem you you so you're saying only the hulk is allowed to do that he's saying if she hulk did it he'd have a problem with it like you know, the physics of the truck flip just a little I, I very much believe she could have done it. I don't believe she would have tried to find out she could do it for the first time in a firefight. To me, I, I felt like it was. It. I, to me, I felt like it was one of those things where sometimes you know, like you just see something and you're like, I could lift that. You know what I mean? Like to me, it felt like she was doing something that she was fairly confident she could pull off. And that's why she did it. And then she was so impressed with herself. She's like, let's do it again. You know? Yeah. No. And after she did it once, it totally made sense. And everything else she did, every other move, every everything else I thought was great. I just, that mm-hmm. one to me, just, it felt like it was out of her character. Whereas everything else in the show felt like it was her character like, dialed in. Cap okay. didn't take Thor's hammer down in the Avengers one minute after picking up the shield. You know, he. Trying to, trying to think where I'm going. This well, as a reminder, yeah, yeah. She, she'd already been uh, she'd already been training before she went out on the field, and she's already a well-established trained military person. Like Cap was not. Cap was not in the military. Hey man, more than we got a half than, an episode of Falcon training with the shield. No, but I'm saying I don't, I don't Cap, see Peggy training with the shield. 
So you missed all the weights that she threw at the wall? Yeah, she like she knew how to throw that like her using the shield, her throwing the shield, everything like that totally made sense. And they showed it earlier in the episode. Yeah. Her battering ram something huge was where it's like eh. and again it's not even her strength. It's just like I just don't see that character as they've written her having been willing to do that. Yeah. But her scene with Steve in the air, that was beautiful. That when, was she's, probably my favorite thing ever in the entire episode. That one, that one takes shot, and she's just yeah. wrecking Nazis in the sky. So you're okay with her doing that, even though we never saw Cap do that. Yep. We saw <laughs> okay. Cap All right. we'll crash a plane right. because here, yeah. because the physics of this makes perfect sense. Hey, I could I could believe that more than I could believe her flipping a truck. For me, like <laughs> as she got like as she got more skills, yeah. the G forces on her flying through the air. And yeah, grabbing seriously. on there, that would be insane amount. Yeah, G force right there. Yep, this would yeah, be almost like lifting a truck. I don't know how she would breathe in that atmosphere, but, but, but like, but whatever. really quick though, like it'd be like a, a jerk moment that might pull her arm out of socket, even powered or not. Um, but you're cool, but that's cool and not the car. <laughs> <laughs> I I enjoyed it. I didn't love it, and I. I think I I didn't like it because. Well, you went from not loving it. I think I didn't love it because I kind of wish they would have left Steve out of it. Really? Honestly, why? Why? Like I I didn't like the idea that their stories still had to be intertwined. Um, but it's their love. That's that's quite romantic. Honestly, is that like Mm -hmm. their story transcends the the multiverse. In my mind, where I saw it going was in that moment when, <laughs> so when Steve, Steve gets the powers when Steve then, gets shot, right? I would have have liked Howard that been more of a turning point for Howard to become more of a hero figure, you know, and a fighter rather than someone who just builds the tech. But that's but that's not in his character. That's not that's yeah. never. But been seeing Steve die could have changed his character. Well, he doesn't care about Steve. He doesn't even know Steve. He d- but Steve but, would be the guy I, that stays in it. Like him, him staying in it and being a proto Iron Man, I think was way more interesting than sending yeah. Tony in or sending Howard in. Sorry. I just want to remind you, he saw a lot of people die uh, b- besides Steve, and that didn't prompt him to do anything. It, it changed him. It no. made him uh, date Hedy Lamar. Died, he was <laughs> no, he dated her beforehand. He saw Tommy Lee Jones die. Look at that. Gosh. And that made him a better button pusher. Like, yeah, exactly. He he, he's the, he's the button pushing guy. I, I mean, you could argue that you he think, was. You more think of they a asked Tommy Jones to, to apply for Prize's role for this? Eh, God, I, no. th- I think Bradley Whitford was fine, like because Bradley Whitford was actually in the the one shot that they did of Agent Carter. But, uh, yeah. Tommy Jones' character didn't say a line. He didn't say a single line. Oh no, this was yeah. his his moment right here where he gets Dude, shot. Tommy, Tommy Lee Jones did some ADR. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Uh, but I, I think I think. I think Howard was more of a hero than he was in the original story, though, because he actually went out on the front line with them. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, like, he did get a, a more heroic story. You know, like, from uh, my wife's point of view, when she watched this, she's like, oh, so basically everything's better if Peggy got the serum. <laughs> and uh, in a lot of ways, she's not She's not wrong. Well, Peggy yeah, was right. better. Well, Steve Shield, got to... Shield Steve... doesn't get founded, though, presumably. No. Well, Bucky doesn't go... Crazy. Unless, unless Steve finds found shield, you know. Oh, uh, what a twist! Well, 
See, the thing that's interesting now is there's less about this, but more what are they going to do with all of the pieces, like knowing that they're going to come back to her, knowing that she's coming back into the world as a person out of time, what's going to happen now? Like I, to me, it would be really interesting. What if Steve becomes like the winter soldier type and he's the guy that got captured and gets augmented and then you throw them at each other and they're on equal footing in somewhat different ways. Well, that would be very different. That's what and I that would be on. very in line with how that relationship worked. I was full um, on expecting that that to happen when Steve got captured. I thought same. Was- like I was immediately like, oh, we're going to Winter Soldier him. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and I still think they might do it, and I wouldn't be surprised if you see him super soldiered up with all of the same stuff, or yeah, was- you could see him fully teched up. I would yeah. go a different route. Like I would make him still like little guy, but like with a big ass arm, like one big ass arm. That's just yeah. metal. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of ways they could do it, but it it would play the story up in such a different, unique way, yeah. and kind of plays into everything. Crimson Dynamo. Well, I think I think the cool thing is that like they like they have said that their plan is to check in with Peggy every now and then. So like we might get more of her story that's that's a parallel to what we saw Steve's story be, but just in different ways. But I mean, yeah. I would say with this slide right here, this scene, it it would suggest that Shield in some capacity still exists right well yeah that's what i was gonna say but also what i was gonna say was that like doesn't nick fury have like a shield patch or something yeah i don't see the patches hawkeye has a patch on his not not on the jacket i don't i don't think he has has on the jacket yeah shield was kind of below ground until after the first avengers and then after that shield became a bigger deal like that's true they were kind of they were kind of a behind like total behind the scenes player and that was their coming out party yeah you're right they, well, it was it was kind of after this. One of, one of the big selling points of this show is that the fact they got most people from the movies to reprise their roles. And one episode in, did that work for you guys? You know? I don't yeah. care either way, to be honest. I don't care either. Like mm-hmm. the, the, one, the one they needed the most is Peggy Carter. Like they got her and that all worked. Like her, and I'm spacing on the name because i'm bad with names but like that really character well. has always yeah. so selena yeah. had this cool question which she said why do you expect them to still have the same character even though they're a different they're in a different universe um well that's actually explained by the watcher at the beginning of the episode right is that he's specifically looking at a universe that up till that moment was exactly the same as the universe that we knew but in that choice that she makes that's the slight difference that's the catalyst for everything that happens after, right? And so well, and also I, if you go sorry, go ahead. Sorry, no, I, I I'm curious to see to see what you have to add to that. I was also gonna say, even if you go back to Loki and you listen to Kang and you listen or Immortus or whatever version of him he who remains. He, is, he who remains. He who remains. We'll say that even though but yeah. Um <laughs> he talks about all these different versions of himself and how all of them kind of had some consistency of character. You have these how many different variants of Loki all having some consistency and variants of character. Right. So you'd have that kind of it, it plays into the next step, which is you two telling you, like, hey, these things these are worlds that all played up to a certain point. Then you had an arc and pivot, and it's does that character how that character behaves with a different set of circumstances. That was always the heart of what if is. You're changing one thing and seeing where the dominoes fall. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. And Selena's saying, honestly, I think I would have loved to see Steve Rogers hold a grudge after Peggy took the serum. But I'm saying, uh, as as interesting as that sounds, like uh, if that's still the same Steve that we knew uh, from the first 30 minutes of of you know the first Avenger, 
um, what about that character would would do that? You know what I mean? Like so, um, I think I think the whole fun of what if is that in this in this sense in what if is similar to what Greg's saying is that they've built thirteen years worth of stories and they're now they're leaning into it and saying, okay, you know these stories the way we told them. So when we change one tiny thing, mm-hmm. like like Greg said, how does the how do the dominoes fall? You know, so uh, I think it, it breaks the story. It breaks the the concept of the show if we start assuming that everybody's going to behave out of character uh, because something changed. You know what I mean? But the flip side to that is like assuming we come back to the story is. Well, let's see if something happened to Steve. I mean, Steve's been bullied his entire right. time until right, right. he gets the powers. What if he's put in a position where the bullying finally makes him snap? Then he gets powers. And then he takes it out that way. I could see yeah. that being a place where he lands later, but that wouldn't sure. be a place where he yeah. starts. Exactly. That's why to it's... me, it's really interesting if they put him like if these dominoes sent him down some kind of winter soldiery path. Yeah. Not necessarily the same way, and you either build him up where he's like, like snaps back at people bullying him his whole time or something else and you kind of flip that whole dichotomy on its head but it's still how do these characters behave when you're putting in them in these situations right but the days and weeks right after the the moment the you know the catalyst those should still fall pretty in line with the character but you know when we go revisit them 70 years in the future the sky's the limit on what they want to do you know what i mean like if they want to make steve evil that's cool whatever you know but like i think that you know the fans deserve to see at least for a small part because like the assumption is you know like yes when you say i would have liked to see this this and this that's assuming that this is done that this story is done but it's not it's not there's going to be more you know there's going to be a lot more so uh coker has a question for us steve wasn't famous as captain rogers so why was she captain carter did they address that and they missed it or am i stupid for asking um should we just call him stupid or yeah, yeah. i think I if could. i remember correctly she like made it a point to call herself that when um what was it After like her commanding officer was giving her shit yeah. she, she demanded yep. that rank from yep. the... yeah she demanded yep. the rank but honestly also uh there was sexism at play right because they made the joke about like you're lucky they didn't make you go do the U- uso tour yeah yeah Right. So because she wasn't a man, they didn't send her out to do the USO tour and instead they kept her in hiding. So he got to be called Captain America reluctantly because, you know, that's what he had to be called when he was selling, you know, stamps and shit like that. But like, uh, yeah, she just demanded they call her Captain. In fact, she demanded an increase to her rank when Flynn said, you're an agent. You can't be on the field. Well, then you need to promote me. How about Captain? That sounds pretty good. You know. So that's, Mm -hmm. that's how you're not stupid and you're definitely not stupid for asking. We love it when people ask and thank you for joining us, Coker and Selena. Thank you for your questions too. Uh, I'm curious. um, By the way, Ricky, you did bring up something that I did want to, I don't want to be that guy that gets mad at them for not pulling it off. But uh, you mentioned how they pretty much got everybody, you know, the one that hurt was Mm -hmm. just a little bit was was josh keaton like i liked him he was passable but god i just kept thinking to myself this would have hit so much better if that was chris evans because chris evans and Haley atwell have such an amazing chemistry i feel like i think i think the new york accent 
Uh, he, was it was it thick? I don't know. Was it was oh. it a thick New York accent? It was a little exaggerated, but like the, the thing that got me was like he played Iron Man in the Iron Man VR game. So like he he played the two. So I thought that was kind uh, of funny. But like I would hear certain bits of R R D J come out in his performance of uh, Steve, and I'm yeah. like, mm, I don't know. It was it was kind of wonky at times, but I, I accepted it. It was fine. What'd That's you guys what expect what'd you, from, a, from a cartoon? What'd you guys think of of Jeffrey Wright as as a Watu? It's great. Fun. I couldn't understand him half the time. It, it reminded me of Tom Hardy Bane. What? <laughs> what are you saying? You'll make a uh, great uh, Commissioner Gordon next year too. So, but I mean, I, you say you say that as as someone that that watches the subtitles, Dennis, like liking Jeffrey Wright. I think that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. I didn't understand um, half of what he said. I had to go back and put on subtitles. Uh, on my second yeah yeah by the way uh coker did say what up to greg phillips not to the rest of us just to you yeah just yeah Mm -hmm. um Um, i actually dug him uh because i i thought that i think when i used to read these comics that's how they started right with the watcher giving his little intro and then he and then reminding you at the the beginning yeah, and then reminding you at the end, I am the watcher and stuff. And so, as the watcher, I ask, yeah, and Hulk beat Spider Man or something. And it's funny because when I read them as books, I never really processed that like this is pretty much the Rod Serling introduction. Yeah, to, it's, it's to all Twilight, Twilight Zone. Zone. That's all it but is. When I saw it on TV, I was like, well, this is absolutely the Twilight Zone, you know? Yeah. You know, now that I'm thinking about it, it might be because like, as as a musician, drummer, etc. I might have lost certain abilities to hear certain tones. So when when people have like a deeper voice or like some kind of raspy voice, like I have are a lot of trouble hearing. Diagnosing Frank, Frank's hearing. Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe we are. We're gonna be on the on the couch right now on the, the couch. It's all started when tones. I was five. <laughs> maybe we are. Um, uh, I guess I guess we've talked about it. Well, I don't know. I I talked about it, and I think I think uh, I just want to make sure. Did everybody talk about what? they like the most about this about this one uh we talked about what ricky liked the least about this. no I, I like the intro i like like i like the twilight zone setting or setup on how, how they do it i really i really did enjoy that what was your second choice for things that you liked <laughs> what's a close second the close second mm, i i liked how the house when she defeated the red skull her getting sucked in that portal to what we kind of know as the moment from the avengers when that portal opens i, I really like them looping it back to that it's kind of so cool you didn't like when she flipped a car in a feat of strength mm-hmm. but you did nope. like it when she went away yeah okay Inter- <laughs> interesting ricky interesting. car car flip was just did anybody else dig the the passive body positivity that was in this episode? Where like um, they didn't make fun of they didn't make fun of of Carter for how giant she was, and they never no. made fun of Steve for how little he was for the rest for the whole episode. And they those two were just allowed to have their romance, even though you know they had very crazy proportions to each other. I could take it or leave it, but that seems pretty unlikely that they would not get flack for that. Like, yes, I know. And that's why I'm saying I thought it was cool and probably intentional that they didn't choose to show us, 
you know, them getting they just, flack for it. And, yeah. They laid they on the given, What was that, Greg? I was going to say, they would have given, if this were a longer thing, they would have given Steve, the, the, the Highland Commandos would have given Steve grief. They wouldn't give her grief because they saw her kick the crap out of everyone and be like, like, <laughs> what was it? Dum Dum was like, after watch, like, who are you? And she kicks the shit out of the guy. He's like, I'm good. Oh, we're good. Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. they're not going to mess with her. They're, they, they might tease her a little bit. Yeah. But they would never, and they were never the type that would be hardcore, like mess mess with anyone. They might just yeah. do 40s era military teasing. And so, yeah, again, if it were just Steve, they probably would have messed with them a little bit. Like, but I thought that they chose not to show that. You yeah, know but I mean? like, they also didn't have much time to, to show that. Like, if it were yeah. like a, a two hour movie, they would do like the Richard Donner, like, that's you know, making fun of them in the yeah. diner thing. That's fine. I'm just yep. going off what I got, and they 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 pick and they picked and chose what they should show and what they don't need to show. And so I appreciated the brevity of it, and that they just went through like the greatest hits of of Captain America: First Avenger. And I gotta say, honestly, like I like the action in this better than the action in Captain America: First Avenger. I give that movie a lot of grief because like all of the action is pretty much in montages. Even her montages were cooler than 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 Steve's were. You I, know what I mean? I like, liked. I can appreciate them showing Steve using. Uh, I think he's using like a walker at, at one point, even while he's like the Hydra Stomper. I thought that was really, dude. That that was know, a bigger do you, touch. Do you know how that hit me? Like how how thirteen years, and that was the closest thing that we've had to a disabled superhero in this story. I don't count freaking War Machine because that guy's walking perfectly normal by the end of, like, he gets hey, fully Don paralyzed. Hey, had one <laughs> leg brace movie in his contract. He, yeah, like for like five minutes. No, five five seconds. Just a Tony Stake joke is is the all that we see him doing. The, the brace also, movie. they didn't they didn't have their tone yet set up by the time they uh, released the first Avenger, like. That was the what their third movie? Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. hindsight's totally twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah, they had like I'm so, in so, no so, way knocking. So, I'm in no way knocking the first Avenger on. What, what I'm saying is no, but what I'm saying is that of course they're going to have sharper uh, fighting scenes and choreography and cinematography. Yeah. And I appreciate it. I appreciate yeah. it. It's also, cool. also I would the first just, point, like, oh, go ahead, Greg. Sorry, I don't want to cut you. I was just going to say, just going back though. Peggy is a different character. She's more of a fighter. Mm -hmm. She's trained. She knows what she was doing. They played up on that mm -hmm. really to sell the contrast Whereas Steve was learning how to do everything like him accidentally figuring out like, oh, the shield will bounce off stuff. That's cool. All these other things like he figured this stuff out slowly because he was learning how to do all this and was given the power. She yeah, took but it I, but and I embraced they, it. But I meant they gave more time to actually showing the action to like in 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 they the, were playing to her strengths. Yeah, well, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, but I Steve also had one component going into the Super Soldier program, and that's his his heart, his, his heart, his yeah. spirit. That's pretty yeah. much yeah. it. Um, yeah. Everything else. Yeah. Had, uh, I just wanted out. to see Nazis get th their asses kicked in that first movie because <laughs> that was really the only time we're ever gonna see it, right? Like, sure. like that was our only chance to see Nazis get their butts kicked, and then they just got montaged. I don't care what degree, what extent that he's kicking their asses. We know that no matter how trained he is, he can kick the crap out of Nazis, and they glossed over mm -hmm. it pretty fast in that movie. And that's why I they appreciated went, that this went did, a little deeper. They did World War II movie reel type stuff. Like they definitely played into the era piece big time in the original movie, yeah. which is one of the things I love about it. 
Um, whereas this, they definitely played it more like it was more modern to yeah. Frank's point on they've got their tone down, but they also played it more like a modern 30 minutes zippy through. We're not going to yeah. hit the montage shit. Yeah, We're not yeah, going to hit the war we, feel. But we still got montages. Like, to Frank's point, like if this were a movie, I would have at least like some explanation like why like to be fair like someone with a disability or with that injured like steve is just not going to waltz away with like that type of military like still be enlisted in the military you know i don't know that that he was enlisted in the military million dollar wound or whatever yeah like like he gets sent home like after yeah, I don't know that he was officially in the military at that point. Like, I, I think no, he could... wasn't he. He was he was training with the uh, with the others. In uh, he in was he would have been training up to that point. He would have been in the military. They might have wanted to kick him out, but you figure if he was the one person they could kind of mm-hmm. like help Peggy and kind of keep her from wanting to rip everyone's head off. Yeah, they would keep him around as like the a consultant and, or something. you know playing and playing forties era like for a second they'd have been like yo keep that keep her in line type deals like yeah, that would exactly be what the military brass of that era would do you know i just thought yeah. of a, a better reason actually because um that that armor was pretty big but maybe you needed someone of like slight stature to be yeah no, that, i was totally gonna yeah. bring that yeah. up like maybe like slide in a line about that you know but again it's it's i think they made smart choices with show you know deciding what to show in their their 30 minute slot yeah so i do yeah. have to ask before we go i know um do you guys did you guys guys get vibes of this when you watched it? Um, no, I could pull up another picture of the I vibes. Actually, I got that from vibes from something different, but that's an interesting one. Um, there was a Hydra series, uh, excuse me, a Shield series that kind of went into the origins of Shield and Hydra. Yeah, I know that, what you're talking about. That was in actually that, in the Agents of Shield show. Well, it was um, it was a Hickman series, like a long form thing, but it got into like how Hydra had all of those types yeah. of things, and that was kind of they've they've dovetailed that into different pieces, and I I've seen like different pieces of Hickman stuff getting picked up, so I immediately went to that thing, like that particular version of it. It's like, oh, we're gonna do the ten, we're doing that version of Hydra going into this versus mm-hmm. like more military kind of clandestine Hydra. Um, that was to me weird though, like. The, just the entire thing, like, okay, you've got your dimensional portal open and you opened it there. That's just such a weird twist yeah, to me. It, it was a different thing for the Red Skull for sure, but then I remembered, oh, in this version of the story, he doesn't have uh, Arnim Zola, like, by his side because Peggy so like wrapped yeah. that up so quickly, right? So he he went in a completely different direction. I would yeah. like to point out, like, the, the one thing that was... Uh, they kind of cheated, right? Because if they say that the one difference in their universe was peggy deciding you know uh whether to stay yeah. you know or, or go um if you look at when the red skull has the 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 big wall of, of yggdrasil uh the button on that one is actually made to look like a shumagora type creature on the animated version but i actually yeah. did go back and re-watch the 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 scene from the from the original and it doesn't look like that at all it looks like it looks like roots on the tree maybe for sure. if, if if peggy gets the super soldier serum it changes the door 
<laughs> Depending on who gets the serum, it makes the uh, look but the, the, way the old I, guy there is like, I got to change this. Yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> the, way, the way I took it was maybe there was an alternate version of that story where they considered doing a Shuma Gorath type thing that came through the portal, uh, and they just decided for budget reasons maybe like that. Let's not do that or something, you know? Because I thought that worked really well. Like Ricky was saying, is like that was easily an an equatable and and slicker sleeker way of bringing her into the future right is mm -hmm. is having her like i i always really hated that like the movie doesn't give a good reason for why he doesn't jump out of the plane uh after he's pointing it down at the water you know what i mean like yeah put, put the fucking club on that shit exactly like, he, he could do it Tommy he, Lee didn't, Jones he, didn't did think, that in, uh... he didn't think to do it but um so i i like the idea of this this could be shuma gorath and maybe we'll see more shuma gorath again in the in the future um in I, I think there's rumors that he might be in multiverse of madness i yeah. don't know yeah, I, yeah. I mean i took we, it more of like as a bummer that that final the final boss was a vessel to get her to where they need her to be in the story versus like i guess more of an easter egg type deal you know like an actual nameable thing you know wait yeah. what, what would you also in that situation like, ricky what was that what would you have wanted in that situation? What? In I don't know. Just some some beast that you can recognize and pinpoint. You know. What would you want her to do with it, if not to get to the next part of the story? I would say the same. You can do the same thing. I, I just would have wished they would have had a monster that that they we had knew. A name tag. Yeah, yeah. They had a name tag for sure. Hello, <laughs> I, I would actually say they had a name tag. One disappointment was I thought that they undersold Red Skull a little too much, and like there wasn't much to her dealing with Red Skull, and that was I think one of the one of the few spots where I was not a fan of the show because it felt like all right, you have him, he's one of the best villains mm -hmm. there. You put him in a different spot that should make him more interesting, and he kind of got overwhelmed by a giant squid or like a <laughs> monster thing, and it's like, well, that was kind of like underwhelming whereas he yeah. was kind of that most interesting of the first wave marvel villains okay i guess you can technically say loki was but really he was like the most interesting of the first wave like pure villain villains and really he's still one of their best like top five of the, mm -hmm. of the movie villains so to not do something interesting with him when you had him on the table again to me feels like a mistake i mean yeah but it, it in did the help, movies it he's in that breakout scene that bucky breakout scene too and yeah. wasn't really you know he wasn't really there then but, but, she, she didn't break bucky out at the same time that steve did though like yeah she, she presumably did it faster and better for the for the sake of yeah. getting this story down to 30 minutes like something had to be it sacrificed works. and and you know yeah. like like uh you know if somebody ends up being if it's if those somebody's are tommy lee jones and and the red skull you know so be it well hugo weaving wasn't his... coming back well, that's he why said, I said he said ages said. ago he didn't want to come back. So, yeah. like that, I mean, that probably played into it. And honestly, they've made it clear they're not going to bring a version of Red Skull back into play. So it's like, other than at the end of time, or and or at the um, to deal with the Soul Stone. That's and that's kind of his pen. It's like, okay, cool. You wanted to go off and screw up with time and space. You get to sit here and. But isn't he free to leave now that the stones returned? Uh, who knows? Who knows with Marvel? Yeah, okay. I, th I thought well, it was in poor taste that um, they had Shuma Gorath write "fuck Hugo Weaving" in uh, letters, bold letters on the wall. Like I thought that was in poor taste. I was like, Disney, what, what are you doing here? <laughs> oh man, 
Okay. Um, I, I, the one thing that I did wish that they did do was have her, I wanted her to say the exact thing that, that Steve said when uh, he realized that he misses his date on Saturday or he missed his date on Saturday. I was hoping she would say the exact same line. I, that's the only me. thing that I would have wanted. But other than that, she did the thing with the, with the punching. And this is my favorite part because I don't think I talked about it, but uh, when she was punching the, the, the heavy bag and she punched yeah. it off the thing, I'm all like, yes. yes. I'm all like, come on, she's got to do it. She's got to do it. And I'm all, she did yeah. the thing. You but think then I saw she did several things on that wall. That universe yeah. is Steve lives long enough to see Peggy in the future. We'll see. I think we'll see. I think that's a question that all of us want to know, like the answer to. And I think because they know that we want that answer, we're probably going to get uh, some sort of answer to it later. Health stricken, wounded Steve. I want a winter soldier, Steve. Like that with one big arm, like like as if a baby got its hand stuck in a bowling ball, <laughs> and then had to grow up with that bowling ball, oh, so that they have one buff ass arm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's All right, I think we got to wrap it up. I am curious, like overall, like if you guys had to score this episode, like just by itself without knowing what comes later, like where where would you guys put this on a scale of one to ten? Go with Greg first. I'll give it eight five. That's pretty generous. Frank, what do you think? Uh, give it a solid eight. Yeah, I want to hear Ricky's. I'm yeah, I knew, I knew that was a six. It's fine. It's this, I'll watch it again. It's I didn't love it, but, you know, I like the idea. I loved it, but I, I acknowledge that there's a lot of room for for more. Uh, and so I right now... I'm giving it an eight out of 10. Um, mm-hmm. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I've watched it four times this week, three on the first day. I just, I just love it. Um, it's so easy it's to watch. Territory. It's animated, you know, it's a different yeah. change of pace for everybody. I'm a you know, sucker for animation too. And the animation is spectacular in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, the faces are a little weird when they're talking, but the action is top notch. And it's like, it's like kind of like the, the perfect marriage of Disney and Marvel, right? Like just the way things look. Like, yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely I love a Disney it. lens to it for sure. Yeah, for sure. You yeah. never watch the Doctor Who things, but so they have some episodes where they lost somehow. They lost the visuals, and they they only have the audio, but they put cartoons or like animated things on the audio that they have. So it's it's like they recreated the show, and uh, the animation is very similar to this. What if? Is what, what the what if is way better, especially when the action takes takes place. But yeah, um, when they're sitting around talking, it's it's pretty it's a lot the same. It's very similar. I would probably like Doctor Who way more if it was just animated all the time. Yeah, it would be it would probably be better like for you because you don't like yeah. the special effects, right? That was one no, of the things. They're awful. Yeah. They're awful. <laughs> but uh, we're we're way over on time, uh, so I do want to say uh, first and foremost, thanks to Greg Phillips for coming on our show. And talking all about all the nerdy things we did, and and uh, and you know, putting up with us, and and uh, if you have anything that you want to like, if you have anything going on that you want to let people know where they can find you, please feel free to do that right now. It's fine if you don't. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Most people come on the show and they're like, I don't want people finding me. It's okay. Um, <laughs> people, the people who know, like most people who. Who I want to be able to find me can find me. They know where I'm at on social and everything. <laughs> awesome. Uh, and then obviously thanks to our patrons uh, for supporting our growth and to our audience for tuning in. Uh, if you had fun, Frank, what can they do? Smash that like button the way uh, Peggy smashes that car, even though Ricky doesn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> but 
leave a comment, subscribe, ring that bell. And then and uh, I think uh, that's subscribe it. Subscribe to Patreon. Subscribe to Patreon. Yes. There yes. you go. That's where we're going to be in about two or three minutes uh, from now. Uh, we're going to be heading over to the soapbox to just wind down and chat about all the things we forgot to. I got some fun facts that I didn't get to share on this one, um, but I will share them in the soapbox. Uh, but yeah, with that, thanks for watching Den Excelsior. See you next time, true believers. Enough said.